Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justice Cast Unlimited, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited commentary podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Scott. Yes, indeed. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good. It's uh, another late recording for us, but that's like like Batman, we, we work into the night. So. Yeah, we're nocturnal, that's just the way it is. Would you care to tell the listeners what we are watching today? Well, we are watching, would you believe, a Justice League episode? No. No, I know, it's what? unbelievable, isn't it? Wait a minute, I've got X-Men Evolution down for today, what's going on? <laughs> Right, okay, let's uh, talk about the episode today then. So it was the fourth episode to air, technically the second story that we've mm-hmm. seen after Secret Origins. It was released on the 19th of November 2001, which was only two days after the opener of Secret Origins, which I found a bit weird when I was researching it. But um, So it was written by Stan Berkovich and directed by Butch Lukic. And it is the amazing episode in Blackest Night, which is... Honestly, one of the best pure storytelling, character-building episodes I think that there is. And um, yeah, we see them go berserk with everything in this story, with the whole art and the characters, and you know, even Flash. Yeah. I think this is the start of the. I know it's one of your favorite relationships in the show with Flash and GL. So this is the start that where we get to see yeah, all that I, amazing banter. I love the Flash and Green Lantern bro match because I it, it feels like something that they didn't really plan on being as, yeah. as big a part of the show. I think once you know um, Phil Lamar started acting alongside his um, you know his his co I was going to say co-host then uh, is 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 his fellow actor um, is, is is it Michael Rosenbaum that does Flash? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think once those two started you know acting alongside each other, I think they realised they had a great chemistry, and then they probably started to work more of that into into the show i suspect yeah um but yeah you're right this this episode is is amazing and it's such a huge um it's, it's sci-fi episodes hardly any of it's even on earth and it's quite again you know i, I said this about secret origins you know they they make some really brave storytelling choices and they don't just do safe obvious stories and you know for you basically is your second episode, essentially, yeah. sneakers into space to the Green Lanterns, over oh, uh, all of that. It's some of it is really deep cut DC comics uh, yeah. lower, and it's a, a really like a brave way to start the show a proper, basically. It is, yeah, and they, they sort of started the whole um, character storytelling element in this because immediately in the second episode, Wonder Woman and Batman dropped from the casting they're not involved in this episode mm-hmm. at all which is amazing you know to drop two of your biggest characters and um, tell a huge story like this is incredible but I mean not only that we're also just seeing a black superhero on screen as well which is a, a massive thing back in in its time and um, even now it's something we don't really see so you know it's amazing for that as well around the sort of time the static shock was coming out as well which Phil Lamar also voiced yeah, but and, uh... it's pretty amazing really leading leading the episode as well which is uh mm. like said it, it wasn't too commonplace uh, yeah. even just 20 years ago um okay everyone so yeah we are watching in blackest night uh scott's gonna get this episode lined up for us now as we said last time this is on uh a a dvd um if you want to watch along with us and it should just be the same format on on any on-demand service that yeah. you've got so we are going to press play in three Two, one, play. I really enjoy my countdown, by the way. <laughs> it makes it feel that bit more epic. I'm going to look forward to it every week, honestly. This is a stunning scenic that we get to see here of a Juris 5. Ooh, there's a no, Juris 4, actually. Oh, oh, nearly got it wrong. <laughs> Wouldn't let you live that you, down, Scott. Sorry to the DCAU encyclopedic people out there. <laughs> There's some fans out there that were sending angry emails then, so you corrected yourself. <laughs> I think it is a Juris 5, you know, Scott. Um, a Juris 5 is the one that gets destroyed, I think, and a Juris 4 is the planet they're on now. 
I think I'm well, right. We'll agree we'll to see. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't remember which way it is round. It's definitely Azure or something. I love these judges, by the way, as well. The virtual judges is just so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because you know, in in COVID world, that's what we've got now. We've got <laughs> this is basically they're on Zoom. They are. They're, this is they're on Space Zoom right now. Look at them. Are. The, the the screen sharing so they know what's going on. They don't have COVID as an excuse though, so they're just lazy <laughs> bastards. They just couldn't be asked to turn up to their own. Uh, and then um, we get our first glimpse at the Manhunters, um, which always confused me as a kid. Cause I was like, hold on, there's the Martian Manhunter, there's the Manhunters, <laughs> and, and I could never quite figure out what was what. Um, but yeah, they, they have that great line: "No man escapes the Manhunters." That's brilliant. Yeah, and then I still remember watching this as a kid. It's so good. Yeah, it's funny how it how it always takes you back to being being that age. Um, yeah, and you get that great scene when it's revealed that John Stewart is the target they're after, and then cut to. I mean, every week we're, we're going to enjoy just watching this opening yeah. title sequence. It's it's epic, and every single time the powerful theme tune. Yeah, it's never not going to be going to be um, <laughs> inspirational to watch. I just, oh. I, I sometimes wish, um, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see what what they do next year because apparently they've they've rescored a lot of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I wish they would lean into this sort of music, this you know, epic superhero vibe because yeah. They, the Justice League film we got never really had much of a theme tune to it. Like, no, it didn't. Danny Elfman ruined that movie with his music. I never thought I'd say that, but he did. Um, Danny Elfman is, is is very hot and cold. I mean, you know, without him, yeah. we don't get some of the classic movie and TV scores of all time, like Batman and The Simpsons. But yeah, sometimes, and I think certainly nowadays, he's he's probably past his prime. To be yeah. Sure. I mean, I, 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 even the Spider-Man stuff as well. Back in the day, I loved that when he, he did that. But mm. I really enjoy seeing um, seeing John Stewart just sort of walking about his old gigs. <laughs> just he's such a cool bastard. Look at he him. He is, yeah, he is. How can a cartoon be better dressed than I am? <laughs> that, that isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> that is not fair. Um, this is brilliant as well. There's, there's always a robbery going on when they're out of costume in this series. There's just always crime adjacent to them. But <laughs> yeah, just look how how controlled he is, how how calm and collected he is. Although I do love that he's for a second he struggles there with this, you know, Toyota Prius. <laughs> he's struggling to keep hold of this. Um I still just. How does the money fall out of the bubble? <laughs> um, moving on, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was some shocking say, catching going on there, by the way. He's oh, yeah. That in his bib and off, it's falling on the floor. He's just oh, left yeah. it on the pavement. Don't leave I'm... him change. He tried to rob you. Get it back. I know. He, uh, and I like how John Stewart just walked away. I mean, <laughs> this guy might just try and rob him again. <laughs> uh, I love this sort of um, it's like this scene when, when, when Mr. McGee comes up to him it's like those old like sports films when you know like the it's kind of like dodgeball almost when you, when you get that retired expert that's like John Stewart you son of a bitch <laughs> look who's back um, but it's nice that they with almost all the main seven uh, they're all established heroes, so y- you're never really wasting time with um, backstory mm. exposition. It's just all of their main yeah. stories that they get. It's it's just them going about their already established life, which which I, I really like that. You don't have to waste time explaining who's yeah. who and oh oh you know I'm John Stewart etc. It's just they've been around for a while. Yeah, I, th- I swear it's like a good few months that have passed. So I, th- I think in Paradise Lost, which is two episodes from now, Wonder Woman says that she's been gone for like six months. So, like from Themyscira. So it's pretty incredible how, how long this is. And also, there's a lot of gaps to fill there in there, time wise, for potential reunions if they want to do stuff like that. But Very um, true. Very true. Yeah. I, I love this invasion, by the way, from the Manhunters. Yeah. I, re- I really love that. Um... 
we 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 get a first proper glimpse at the um oh what's it called this shuttle what's it called oh the javelin seven. javelin god i forgot what it was called for a second yeah. Why is he called the Javelin 7, by the way? Because I know they've been doing this for a few months, but they don't have that many Javelins that have been developed. Sure, it's just I strange. D- I just presume they've crashed six of them, to be honest. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, on Javelin 468 by the time the series ends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the amount that gets like trashed in the Cadmus storyline alone is going to take you up to <laughs> triple figures. I feel this kid's pain, by the way. Didn't get the haircut he wanted. Well... Getting your hair cut at all nowadays is is like gold dust. <laughs> yeah, it's. This um, is, I like the scene, by the way. The, the two Green Lantern origin stories we saw in Brightest Day, which was in the Superman animated series. Um, it, it, it's weird, isn't it? I, they never, they don't really want to be Green Lanterns. John Stewart and Carl Rayner never really wanted to be GLs because there he's sort of saying, you know, hoping, yeah, that, hope he doesn't want to grow up to be like me and stuff. Well, like it's. That. It's not a role that anybody chooses. You know, the the ring yeah, seeks seeks you out because it thinks you're the right person and you've just kind of got to roll with it, I think. Yeah. Um, although I think, you know, it's probably true of a lot of heroes that, you know, they don't always choose to take on that role. But I think with the Green Lantern specifically, they have it thrust upon them to take up the mantle of <laughs> the uh, Look at this traffic here. Where's all this traffic come from? In a, in, in a, what was a relatively <laughs> quiet street... And what, they're pretty bad at parking wherever they are because it's not, it's not any sort of organisation. Uh, just keep this scene in mind for a later scene in the episode as well, by the way, of how strong the Manhunters are. Yeah, this. Um, yeah, you know what I love about this is that they've just thrown... The justice thing have been on scene for about 30 seconds. We've had about six, <laughs> cars, six cars destroyed and John Jones has just gone through someone's apartment window and taken the brickwork with him. And now Hot oh, Girl's gone through a cafe window and an interior wall. <laughs> so there's probably about a million dollars worth of damage in about a minute. I love the caption there. That we're, we're watching this with captions and the caption for Hot Girl there was Gur. <laughs> like the Flash getting absolutely pummeled by a car. It always bothered me as a kid because I always wanted to see my heroes just kicking ass and I hated how much they just get owned by these robots. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Superman effect again from the start of the last episode. Yeah, look at just look how clumsy Hawkgirl is there. Like she she knows he's got this big electric pole, and she, and she just goes straight for him. Um, but then we get Superman, and he's instantly instantly <laughs> taken out by a manhunter. Although he does hold his own a little bit better in this in this fight, and I must say, there we go. He's he's slowly. But this is what you want to see. You want to see. You want to see your heroes like. Yeah. Really, just owning the fight, um, and it shouldn't take Superman to do that. No, but never mind. Never mind. I'm just. I'm just. It's all just jokes. I, <laughs> I always found it funny though um, with Martian Manhunter why he never just um, kept himself in his you know sort of translucent form because they wouldn't be able to electrocute him if he just stayed you know no. in his phased phased form. Oh, here he comes. Can we just ignore oh, the a, fact that that's that a badass scene. That is great, uh, but again, he's just destroyed somebody's car. How has he? How's the manhunter gone through the car without causing any damage? Oh, there is a hole in the roof now. Yeah, there's there a hole in the roof. Yeah, Superman gets taken out again. Just look at the chaos and what is clearly <laughs> a fairly, um, you know, not a wealthy neighbourhood. Oh, I love that. But yeah, great scene of John Stewart uh, lighting up his powers. Um, don't quite know where his clothes disappear to, but I'm 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 okay with it because it, it, I've it's always really wondered cool. that, you know. Yeah, it's a really cool transition, though. Yeah, and then we get this 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 great moment when John Stewart, yeah, John Stewart knows what's going on. He you know he yeah. he knows that they're here for him. Which again, I like the fact that that means he has been out and about in the galaxy for years at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, on on his missions, and again, yeah. they're all pretty much all of them, except maybe for Flash. It's sort of these experienced heroes. Yeah, you know, there's 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 nothing necessarily wrong with having newbies, but I like the fact that this that they went for a league that was um, a little bit older, been around a little bit longer, particularly obviously Batman and Superman have. Yeah, yeah, they they had a nice mix of of all different kinds. I mean, like you got Wonder Woman who who's sort of Learning to be a hero as well. Um, 
throughout this. But and, and then Jean as well, I suppose you could argue, is learning to be mm, true. Um, a hero a little bit. But then you've got like the experience of Superman and Batman in particular. Because I think Batman's yeah. in sort of his 40s at this point, late 30s, 40s, so that's quite... Jesus. Because I think in the animated series, they said he was around 25 to 30, and in TNBA, he was around 30, and then this is sort of in 40s or Batman's something like old. that, just to sort of paraphrase it. Batman is old, isn't he? So this is a Juris 5, and it's a Juris 4 that was destroyed. That's the correct way around. Got you. Got you, got you, got you. Um... Is, um, great, great design of the planet, though. Uh, the, yeah. the, the the animation style, it, it, it's very distinctly DCAU. You know, you know when you're watching a DC animated universe yeah. product because of, of the animation style. You know, it, it it has those amazing shadings and shadows. Yeah, and... look at that sky, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Just looks so foreign as well. Like, I don't know... I don't know about just more than just the buildings. Like the whole skyline looks foreign. They have great designs in the in the whole series of of, of other planets and all the technology. Yeah. It's, it's it's really really creative. Um, look at this fucking green lantern here. He's just an egg. That's Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> what what is Humpty Ga- Dumpty Ga- doing? Ga- Gallius, his name is, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, Gallius. Yeah, Gallius. I, mean, I mean, everyone loves Kilowog. Oh, Kilowog's awesome. Yeah. I wonder if they were tempted to um, include a more mainstream Green Lantern in this scene, or bring in Hal Jordan, or bring in you know Guy Gardner or someone. Yeah, um, must have been tempted to just as a I, little. I wonder nod. why they never did use Hal Jordan. Like genuinely, it's strange. I know they use him for that once and future thing, but that's not really that doesn't count. It is no. strange that they didn't. I, I always found it odd, um, particularly you know as I got a bit older and, and learnt more about the, the the Green Lanterns. You know, when I was younger, I just thought Green Lantern was John Stewart. I didn't yeah, know any better. Same. Um, Maybe they just wanted to differentiate themselves a bit more and disassociate with comics and do their own sort of thing. But it's strange. Yeah, possibly. But you, you, you thought maybe there might just be like a well, at least one reference to him, but. Mm. Um, it's uh, like I said. It, as far as a, a, a character building episode goes, it really establishes John Stewart as like one of the most sort of noble members of the league. You know, he he, he is a man of honor, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's pretty cool powers from Jean here. Yeah, again, you know, I, I love Jean's powers. They're just a bit inconsistent throughout the show. Yeah, because uh, I think they realize that sometimes his psychic abilities would pretty much solve 90% of the plot points <laughs> if they kept them as powerful. You know, he, he's just... Yeah, Juris 5, yeah, there we are. Um, yeah, because, I mean, he's just detected Jon Stewart across the galaxy. <laughs> That's so, pretty, pretty freaking scary that he can detect that from that far. That is an invasion of privacy is what that is. It, it is, yeah, it is. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you know, episode episode four, you know, episode two, we want to call it. Yeah, and we're already we've got the league heading out into deep space. It's so cool! It's so cool that it's it's as well as being a comic book show, it is a full blown science fiction adventure. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, this this fight's awesome as well. Just yeah. going just going back slightly, you know, the the Oa design in this episode, it's so incredible, and I. Fucking hated it when they redid all the design for Fatal Five movie. Um, anyone who's seen it will know that they made it all blue and oh man, it just fucking pissed me off when we saw that. But it, yeah, it, it's beautiful in this episode. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, literally, and it just ruins the continuity of it as well. Like, just stupid. Well, here comes Superman. Yeah, so Superman's you know he's he's you know, he's, he's kicking some ass here. Here's- <laughs> It's just so casual. It it, it was quite camp as well, actually. Um, (laughs) All all he needed was like a martini glass. Adam West would have been proud of that. Um, Here's a question about Superman, though. I mean, he gets his powers from the sun. Yeah. So so I've always questioned, how is he so powerful on these other planets? Or, you know, are we assuming these planets also have a a yellow sun? Radiation can be a complex... Yeah, complex thing according to uh, DCAU. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll assume he's just got it absorbed in his, his cells for long enough then, <laughs> which is often the the reason that that they give. 
So Hulk Girl nearly made a boo-boo there by letting the soldiers die. Yeah, which is quite intentional, of course, because, you know, as we know in later episodes, she's not quite who she seems to be, but she's yeah, also quite... She, she She's reckless and a warrior, and she's not got the, you know, the care that Superman has for absolutely every living thing. She's yeah. just, you know, punch first, ask questions later. <laughs> or mace first, should I say. Yeah. Or that growl she does every time she goes to smack something with the mace. Yeah, I mean the the, the voice <laughs> the, the voice work alone actually is is, is really good by um, Maria. Flash is great though. He's he's he's, he's such a <laughs> why <laughs> why are those soldiers shooting at the screen? He's got the door open. Walk in. He, he just provides such great levity though. Every scene he's in, he's he's just he's so he's so joyous. Yeah, and I think. It really contrasts against just the rage of Hot Girl, and um, so here we go. This is what I mean about John Jones. Like oh, sometimes actually, yeah, I remember this now. Sometimes he uses phasing abilities constantly, and sometimes like he forgets he can do it. This is freaky, the way that he takes this guy down. Yeah, you know, it, it's. I had this discussion on another podcast that I do, um, you know, about Jedi's and, and the way that they control people's minds. And I always sort of query, like, how morally ethical is it to use mind reading abilities like that? Yeah. On complete strangers, uh, because he's, he's basically just invaded that guy's <laughs> mind. He has, yeah. He's... Which you know, f- for a, for a noble cause, but it's, uh, you know, I think there's a grey area ethically there. Yeah, there is a line that he's crossed. And speaking of which, here come the uh, league to disrupt the trial. Find out what's going on here. Why have you got our boy? Give us our boy back. <laughs> Give us our GL. Look at Flash. There's some kind of trial. Yeah, no shit, Flash. Come on. You've got your, oh. you've got your Zoom judges up there. <laughs> here come these weird, like, bloody lizard people. Um, I... I wonder, um, do you reckon they just do, like, trials here every hour? And, and, like, and there's just, like, a, a rotating crowd coming in, like, oh, what are you doing today? Well, there's a trial on down at Juris 5. Yeah, I'll come with you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it's an interesting setup. I, I would like to think that they... Uh, the fact that they've got virtual judges tells you that they probably do get quite a lot of crime on this place, and... I wonder if it's uh, if it's a little bit like um, this is like space Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> this is space Jerry uh, Springer in space, you know, and they've got the crowd chanting. Yeah. Know, so here's this guy like come and do his DNA test. <laughs> the baby's not mine. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, the lie detector test. This is great though, because you know you've got this guy. He's like, I'm a pirate. And just space pirate alone is 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 a great concept. Yeah, it's brilliant. The design of him's brilliant. Ken Jaro as well. Those eyes are just so freaky. I yeah, can he, remember, he remember as a kid like, yeah. hating him as a kid. I hated like, him. He's like a wasp person, isn't he? <laughs> he is like a wasp person. Yeah. Oh, now he's under oath. Quite literally under a, a beam of oath. A bit. <laughs> but it's. Uh, it works towards a really, really intriguing cliffhanger, which they do really well throughout the whole series. Is you always love the cliffhangers, mm. and you know when the first time you watch this, you know you're looking at it thinking, "Oh right, well, John Stewart's wrong." You know he, you know, he's he's done what they've accused him of doing. Yeah, 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 and and like the um, the way it comes about as well, and it's wrote brilliantly. Oh, here we go to. The writing in in general on the show is so amazingly consistent. There's there's hardly an episode that I don't like. Yeah, and there's such a lack of the fact there isn't. If you ask me, any filler at all. There we go. Here's the volcanic eruption which destroys a Juris Four after GL shot his ring and it hit a deflector beam, like they said on the ship. Yeah, I mean, you know, all very convenient, may I add. Yeah, it's always sort of bothered me that sort of um, how a, a Green Lantern ring can ping through light years of space onto a planet. But I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I know you know he was on the moon of the planet, but still, it's gone a long distance. That that um, 
that beam of energy. But, you know, it, <laughs> it serves a purpose to get the, the story along, I guess. Well, the characters look so different. And in, in Warworld as well, they have like so many different alien characters. Um, everyone looks so different. Yeah, I love how, how alien that they actually look as well. Yeah, like, everyone looks totally different. It doesn't look like a different race. It's just a completely like cobbled together world. Look how great the colours are on the show, though. You know, yeah. the greens and the reds and the blues. It's so beautiful to look at. Um, and then we, we end the episode with Jon Stewart saying straight down to camera, I did it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, he's killed three billion people. So maybe, <laughs> maybe Just you should maybe. be on trial. It's a great ending to that part. And that image is pretty iconic as well. That's one of the people we talking oh, about yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. If you Google uh, Green Lantern Justice League, that's the image you're going to get. Yeah. I'm fairly confident of that. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and it, it, it's like I said, it it really shows you what a, a, the kind of character John Stewart is because you know he's he hasn't fought any of this. He's, he's he knows he has to stand trial for this. Uh, yeah. Although I suppose he probably should have turned himself in <laughs> if he really yeah, thought he was guilty. But hey, never mind. Uh, so there's part one, folks. Uh, we're going to line up part two of In Blackest Night. Uh, Scott's going to hover over his yep. TV menu. So here we go. Ready for your countdown, Scott? Let's do it. All right. I'm pressing play in three, two, one, go. So when you're a kid watching this, do you remember seeing the episode and what did you think while you were watching it? I, I don't think I can remember what I thought when I was watching it. I, I think I remember thinking, where's Batman? <laughs> With the, there's a fair few episodes like that. Isn't there? Yeah. Um, you know, I could never, you know, I get it now, you know, from a storytelling point of view, you, it's difficult to service seven characters and create a balanced story without, you know, pushing someone to the side. So you need to just to trim the cast a little bit. Yeah. At the um, end of an episode like this, Batman would just instantly like, no, that's bullshit. It's, it's definitely yeah. a lie and he'd solve it in five minutes. That, and I just don't think he's, I think his presence would be more of a hindrance just from a storytelling point of view, because he, he's got no ability to get around these planets quickly enough and yeah you think you're right actually that's true um, but also you know i think as i've got older i've appreciated the fact that um well you know you don't need to overuse batman yeah uh, you know because any scene kevin conroy's and he tends to steal the scene yeah um you know but for a few characters like you know lex luther maybe you know i i was really enjoy um i always really enjoy his um his time on Justice League, but it's yeah. a... Um, they very much leave Batman to sort of the political episodes only, rather than the power episodes where you've got to go out and fight an alien force. There's very few episodes yes. where we see Batman on another planet, which makes sense because he's, he's always busy in Gotham. But I also like that they didn't sort of try to power up Batman in these episodes by giving him extra gadgets so like we saw in the new adventures when he mm. has that backpack with the wings so he can fly oh, yes. yeah. if they had done that in this series it wouldn't i don't know it wouldn't have worked well i, I don't know he's yeah i mean almost throughout the entire series his his greatest power is almost always his mind and just his yeah. physicality absolutely that's great um, point, actually. yeah you know when you think of him taking down Lex Luthor at the end of uh, the first season of JLU he's he's done that mostly through detective work yeah. Um, then he gets thrown out of a window, mind you, but still, <laughs> he, he got to that point on his own. He'd have glided to safety. I'm sure so he would it, have figured something it, out. His Superman with his sceptic mind, which I, I do like, actually, because they built this up sort of, I think, I think in the world's finest three-part, this is where Superman really developed his detective skills yeah, with I Batman. Mean, it's, so. it's, it's a sceptical mind. It's also, I think, more than that, a very trusting mind. I think he... Superman inherently sees the good in everyone. And I think, yeah. for me, one of Superman's greatest powers is his ability to trust that you know, humanity is good at its core. Yeah. And I think he trusts that, you know, Jon Stewart would never have, have, have done this, or, you know, or, or couldn't have done this. And like I said, you know, he senses that something is off. Mm. So he yeah. sneaked away to figure out what's going on. 
taking his good buddy Jean with him. They them two have a bit of a bromance going on in this series, don't they? Superman and Jean. Yeah, and I think because they they they're kind of similar in that you know they've they've come from planets that have been wiped out yeah. for various reasons. Yeah, they, they don't really have much uh, <laughs> much family. Mother Judge, remove him. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, Flash is a great. This is great. This is it's like the railroading you, pal. Uh, Flash is so good. He's so belligerent as well. He just doesn't he care. He just does not care. This is brutal. This bit. I love that line. Um, we solved our lawyer problem yeah. a long time ago. What happened to the lawyers, Scott? Yeah, that's them. That's the lizard people. They've turned them yeah. into lizard people. <laughs> We should trial this in the real world, where if the lawyer um, loses the case, they get the same punishment as the person that's been proven guilty. That would solve a lot of problems and money. Jeez Louise. Look at this. Flash, I'll defend him. It just, it, it's so funny. He's, he's just such a great comic foil to the whole show. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> Habeas Corpus. <laughs> <laughs> and ipso facto, <laughs> he's literally just throwing out Latin phrases. Yeah, he, just in, trying to buy time. In context, these aliens won't know what Latin is, I suppose, but <laughs> I guess we'll just look beyond that. So what's going on here? This is like the really space cafeteria now. Yeah, it's Space Donalds, isn't it? Where they've um, Space Donalds. Yeah, they've decided that can't be arsed of the trial and they've they've made up their own mind that he's guilty i freaking hate gallus in in this episode fucking humpty dumpty <laughs> don't fall off your wall and now you've got hot girl just wailing on the green lanterns like she is just <laughs> uh it's like being your local weather spoon isn't it uh i don't know mine's not mine's a bit uh calmer than this <laughs> Big fire breaks out here. No rings. Oh yeah, no now weapons. It's, now it's like weather spoon. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we are. Kilowog's great. He's just sat sipping on his drink. <laughs> He's great, Kilowogus. I mean, all, all I'm learning right now is that the Green Lanterns are a little bit. What is that thing? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, <laughs> that I, is defenseless without a ring. Like at least John Stewart's got like military background. Kilowog's as strong as an ox. Yeah, you've got a I mean, bouncing ball and some weird... Yeah, you've got Humpty Dumpty and you've got what I'm pretty sure is some sort of scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> like scorpion. Looks like a watsit with little arms poking yes, out does. of it. Yeah. <laughs> a state of galleys. Uh I find it interesting that his species is uh, very, very sort of buoyant. <laughs> what, what what sort of species evolves to be that bouncy? You know, I wonder what his planet's <laughs> like. That that that's a trait they need to have. <laughs> must have a lot of big drops. If I was Hawk Girl there, I'd have gone over and said something. Why would you not have gone over and confronted that? Yeah, I, I, you can only assume she's just a bit too caught up in the moment of of you know dealing with the Green Lanterns. Um, I love this. The judges realise pretty quick that Flash is just stalling, completely waste everybody's time. If the ring wasn't lit, you must have quit. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, but it's it, it's nice that we get Kilowog coming into um, John Stewart's defence. <laughs> Our big scary witness. Oh, it's uh, a cool scene. Yeah. It, my question again, though, is, you know, at what point do Superman, John Jones, need space suits? Yeah. And at what point do they not need... Because I'm sure we've seen Superman, like, flying through space without a suit on. Yeah, we definitely have. I'm sure we have. So, again, why has he got this little space suit on now? Yeah, because he was at a Juris 5, and we can't assume the atmosphere... Well, I suppose you can assume, actually, that the atmosphere is the same... Yeah, I think you have to just assume it. that you know if there's life on it, you can breathe on it. But you know, he's he's he's, he's on That's the moon strange. there, isn't he? Um, but they must be doing it because they need oxygen. But I swear, Jean doesn't really need oxygen. There can't have been oxygen on Mars, surely. Well, I'm guessing there might have been back when he was living on it. it was it a long time ago, wasn't it? Technically, <laughs> five thousand years. 
So the uh, Jeremy Kyle show is still carried on and on a Juris Five. <laughs> the, 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 they're bringing in the secret mistress now. Jeremy's ripping into Killawog here. Which is Killawog. It's great that we do get more of uh, Flash and Killawog team up, but this is a great moment now when the Owens come in. Is that great? Who gave you the right? We did. <laughs> that was actually a really good impression. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> hey. Oh, here we go. Here's the Elucitron. Yeah, I mean, for something that's designed to hide things, it is the most conspicuous contraption you'll ever see. It is massive. Yeah. Absolutely massive. You know, projects crude images over objects and empty space. Oh, yeah, you know what? I've never noticed that line before. It's quite a nice touch that it's a technology that, that John Jones is fairly familiar with. Because, mm. again, you know, that's probably why, you know, you've not got Batman in the episode because, you know, there's not much he could offer at that point that no. John Jones can't do. Um, but anyway, here's our space pirate back in action. Obviously, his his ruse is being rumbled. <laughs> I love the design of that helmet as well, by the way. It makes his face go red. Yeah, it's pretty cool, cool, isn't it? It's pretty cool. I wonder what, at this point, what what powers does Superman have on this moon then? Because it looks like he's not overly powered at this point. Yeah. So Jean's still got all those powers, it seems. Yeah, but... Which 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 he will because obviously Superman is you know he he gets his powers from 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 the sun like we said so I wonder if he, he maybe he's not quite because he's not doing much right now is he he's just leaving it to Hot Girl to take even Hot Girl's wearing that even even inside the javelin she's still wearing the space suit which is strange oh no there we go Superman's flying away he, t- he decided to help now he thought I'll give it a minute <laughs> I'll just give it a minute. Really, he, he, maybe he just sandbags all these times he's been knocked out. He's just sandbagging to lure <laughs> them into a, like, a full sense of security and then just swipe them out in one foul blow. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love the design of these spacesuits. I just wonder why sometimes they wear yeah. them, sometimes they don't. I'd love figures of these. They'd, just they'd a way amazing. to say, just a way to say, why do we never get figures of, of you know, even when you get the old four inch figures? Yeah. Oh, look how many manhunters are here. That's a lot of manhunters. They are going to hunt a lot of men. How do they decide their leader and how do they believe him? Because they all look the same. How do they know he's the guy that is leading them? Um, it, it's would, very strange. I don't know. I guess it's how big your computer chip is. Their design is so good, by the way. They look um, powerful, don't they? Yeah. Oh, the way that they speak as well, are their mouths sort of open? rather than well, the mouth sort of opens up in a circular movement rather than like talking with teeth and yeah the very so cool. um, it's um it's an interesting concept really the 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 manhunters but we don't really see them again do we after this um a little bit oh no actually not after this episode you're right no um mm. they never reappear which is very strange it's a it's a really interesting episode though, and you know this is something that I love about the series is you know although it's it's very much a, you know a kids show they explore some really uh, mature and deep sort of you know physiological not physiological um, like theological topics you know this this whole yeah. section here with with the Owens and you know the trial it's basically you know examining you know like the, the the criminal justice process yeah um the rights of a fair trial you know a lot of very very like complex topics and you know with 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 the owens basically saying you know we we decide who gets to do what it, it is a good question to say like well who says you're allowed to do that you know who who appointed the green lanterns as as the space yeah. police you know wh- where is the oversight for these people because you know Every every police force needs some sort of oversight, whether it's yeah. Green Lanterns or or otherwise. I suppose, really, in that sense, you could look at it as it's like the early stages, the whole Cadmus argument, really. Um, yeah, you know. where you've got like, someone keeping the Justice League. Well, in. it's you know, it's like it's like the great Alan Moore said in his book, "Who Who Watches the Watchmen." And John there saying that you know everyone needs to be held accountable because they've got too much power. 
not to be, which is, you know, kind of, it's interesting. You think heroes would just think they're always right. But. Yeah, but it's a, a very interesting comment on, you know, people in positions of power. And, you know, if you look at you know, the world today with certain political yes. leaders, um, you know, a lot of them behave like they are not held accountable for their actions. And yeah. it's, it's a dangerous precedent to set if, if people think they can do whatever they like without consequence. I'm not saying this is the consequence you should get, getting gassed in a bubble. <laughs> but nevertheless, because uh, I mean, whatever this planet is, uh, they probably need to just calm the fuck down a little bit. <laughs> Superman absolutely destroying those guards. Oh, I love him. Like when, when Superman's on his A game, he's one of the best characters to watch because he just takes no shit from anybody. Yeah, I love how her, her, uh, how Hawk Girl finds a mace after doing this. <laughs> yeah. She always seems to find it. Is it is it like Mjolnir, Thor's hammer? Does it just like come back to her? <laughs> she puts her hand out. I wonder if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, then we get this reveal that the planet was there all the time. Um, this is your big. This is like your DNA reveal on Jeremy Kyle now. Uh, <laughs> the everyone's, baby, who, everyone's... whose baby is it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop the Jeremy Kyle analogy now. <laughs> I've realised we've got a lot of listeners that won't know who Jeremy Kyle is. It's like Jerry Springer, but with a better accent. Yes, yes. He's in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. I, I know you're in the Midlands as well. Was that uh, was that Birmingham or South African? <laughs> <laughs> I um, tell. That was a South African that lived in Birmingham for a while. <laughs> Going to go to Birmingham. I'm not from West <laughs> Bromwich, I'm from Cape Town. <laughs> um, so, yeah. right, here we go. Here's John gets his ring back and heading straight to the source, which is the Guardians, who are panicking because the Manhunters seem to have disappeared. And now what, we're going to um... find out why. I wonder what sort of race the Guardians are. Because, I mean, are they ring yeah. users? You know, how, how have they got this ability to have the ring glow? Or do they just have some sort of other connection to the Green Lantern power? Maybe they're Oa, Oa-ians oh, wow. or something. The Owens. Oa-ians. Oh, oh, wow. oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm just doing like Owen Wilson noises. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'd be more like Christopher Walken, actually. Oh, wow. It's Oh, wow. If you're on the sofa, sofa what would you have it? Wow. <laughs> um, anyway, that's enough of those ridiculous noises that we're making. <laughs> yes, the the the, the manhunters have gone have gone a missing. Uh, where have they gone, Scott? Where have the manhunters gone? Uh, they've gone back to Oa, um, and they have been there before. This is what I found interesting. They're absolutely annihilating the manhunters now. But if you remember back to the early start of the episode, um, literally anything you could throw at them wasn't working. But now it seems to be. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard to keep the consistency up sometimes. But okay, this is interesting. So the Owens clearly have some sort of you know connection to the the Green Lantern energy because they are just like summoning it at this point to try is and. It... The Manhunters are based on a comic, aren't they? I've never seen or read the comic, but um... they are from. Um, I think it was from the. 70s um and mm. i think it was called just um no man escapes the manhunters if i'm not mistaken mm, cool um yeah i think it was no man escapes the manhunter and no world escapes the manhunters i think that was from about the the, the mm. late 70s uh, i think it was the great steve Englehart that wrote those books uh, i don't think they were i think they were just a couple of single issues to be honest of um justice league of america mm. um but yes yeah so they're, they're not used in comics really otherwise uh, but again that, that's what i love about this series is it, is it pulls from the deep deep recesses of the dc comics back catalog yeah and they, you know they, there's there's plenty of, of original creations as well of course yeah it's a nice mix like because they use eclipso as well don't they with against gl in a later episode yeah. which is pretty yeah. awesome i think there's some nods to starro in this as well yeah um, yeah so yeah lots of I mean, obviously they you know they lean heavily on their their heritage of comic books, but they're not afraid to craft their own direction with with the show. Um, so that's what I mean about John Jones. Just keep yourself phased, and no one's going to get you. Sometimes it's like he forgets what he can do. 
I love it when he does that thing as well, where he phases through them and then becomes solid and rips their brain out yeah, or rips an that... engine out. Or so, I mean, the question you've got here is how how sentient are the Manhunters? Because they seem very self-aware. Yeah. And yet, John Jones is essentially ripped out that person's brain. Uh, <laughs> but great moment of the, of the lanterns joining the fight, Eggman and the and the bloody Bogman. <laughs> Jesus, look how easily they take out their own towers. I'm telling you, Scott, the the destruction of property in this show is it is disgraceful. Very bad. It is disgraceful. I mean, they're basically annihilating our. This is something the show does really well, though. You know, we've had a good ten minutes of some, um, you know, quite heavy dialogue and some pretty deep topics, but then you always get you just your few minutes of just punchy, punchy, punchy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and just these great action sequences when you know you can just enjoy the the animation a little bit and just watch your heroes wailing on each other. Oh, so they're going after the ring's power. If that's what they. So want. is that what they're trying to do? The man, that they're, they're trying to seize the the power of the Green Lanterns. So the the Manhunters were made by the Guardians to do basic duties and protect the planet. And they, they think they got betrayed because they couldn't use the power. And now they want the power back. Or I'll say back. They never had it, but they want it. Yeah, they want to take it, don't they? Yeah, it's just it's just an interesting question to ask. You know, how self-aware are these robots? And if they are self-aware, you know, we're, we're watching some pretty horrendous murder going on right now. Yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So the Manhunter now becomes the ring. And great it's turning into some... Yeah, really great animation. You know, yeah, it is amazing. To, to make them look like skeletal through the, the green energy is is fantastic. Looks like freaking Doomsday from BVS. Yeah, he does a little with bit, those yeah. energy, With those energy blasting things. So he's now taken all the power away from the Guardians. So there we go. So the Guardians do get it from the big yeah. main ring. Yeah, so they must have some sort of deeper connection to it because they don't wear the rings. But clearly, without the power, they are... <laughs> John's eyes went black then rather than green, they, so... They did. But this is a fantastic moment. You know, John Stewart now is reciting the Green Lantern Oath, which is so iconic in, in yeah. n- not just DC Comics, but just, you know, literature. That is one of the probably the most iconic recitations, I think, in yeah. modern-day literature. Definitely. Beware my power. And the green power Lantern's that light. Phil Lamar gets into that is insane. Not just to do the voice, but to do it while shouting and... Yeah, don't know where the brilliant. fireworks are coming from, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I like the scene. Uh, yeah, Phil, Phil Lamar is a phenomenal voice actor. You know, he, he yeah. is a proper voice actor. He's not one of these actors that does a bit of voice work. He is... Yeah. Oh, look at this. This is just <laughs> a wasteland of Manhunter bodies. Look what they've done. How do they sleep at night, Scott? Honestly, it's unconscionable <laughs> what's happened here. The property damage alone. Not really sure why GL was starfishing out the sky then, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't be talking to this this rabble at this point. No, I'd probably drop kick him off the planet. Yeah, you know what? John Stewart's right. He, he's he's not taking their shit now. Like, no, yeah, I like no, that. You should have had my back. And it's 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 really iconic. It's really symbolic that he he walks over to the people that did have his back, that did believe in him. Yeah. Even even says it there. You know, you yeah. believed me. I didn't believe in myself. <laughs> Flash, stupid grin. He's great. Flash is great. I mean, pretty lovely horrific, scene on a lovely scene on a yeah. body of Manhunters. Pretty end. horrific scene there. It's like <laughs> bloody no man's land from Wonder Woman. That it is strewn with bodies. But um, yeah, and then our heroes ascend into the sky, and that is the end of In Blackest Night Part Two and and the entire um, fourth and fifth episodes. Yeah, go. What's your thoughts on rewatching that then, Scott? Do you know what? It's, it's an amazing episode, and particularly the art in the episode I really like about it. So people will know that when I do photography, I re-watch, re-watch the episodes and do print screens of mm-hmm. certain scenes to get it. And I think this episode I got more print screens from than any other just because of how much um, art they put into um, this episode and like the visuals on it is incredible. So Yeah, and it's I've one of those... One of those episodes that gives you a lot of um, sort of um, panoramic shots of the of the, of where they are, yeah. you know, re- really nice establishing shots of the planet, 
And like you said, I think because it is set off world, you get some really unique uh, animation design as well. Um, yeah. Where does it rank for you in terms of the the series? Um, it's certainly in the top half of episodes that I mm. enjoy watching. I think mainly for nostalgia. I mean, it's not, you know, it's a great story, but it's not the most complex and or in the continuity of it, not the most meaningful story, but it's still great and I still really enjoy rewatching it. And I just love the judges. I'll forever remember them yeah. as Jeremy Kyle panel now. Yeah, absolutely. But what about you? What would you reckon? Um, it's it, it's up there for me. You know, there's there is an episode that I don't like. There's a few that I'm less fond of than others. Um, yeah. You know, I'm 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 not a fan of of um, Metamorphosis so much. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not a huge. I mean, I say I'm not a fan of it. You know, I still love all these episodes. Um, I think there's that, and I I don't really care for the. Um, a Night of Shadows episodes either so much. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I did, Morgan Le Fay and all that stuff never really um, caught my imagination so much. And I just think, that, and the Metamorphosis episodes, I, I never really cared for, um, is, it, is it Rex? Is that his name? Rex Stewart. Um, yeah. Not Rex Stewart. Rex Mason. Rex Mason. I never really cared for him so much. Um, but then... Even still, I'll happily sit and rewatch them. But this, yeah, this this two part for me is up there because I really like the fact that it's like a sci fi adventure. Yeah, it is, and uh, the cast for it as well. The characters they use are, are brilliant, and just being bold in this episode and like yeah. I said, dropping Batman and Wonder Woman was um, a brave but correct, bold move. and brave, you might say. Yeah, bold and the brave, absolutely. Okay, well then, I think that is the end of our in blackest night commentary. Uh, do, do, do you have anything you want to you want to add before we before we wrap up? Um, nothing other than the next episode we're going to be doing is a very very good one, a great yeah. episode and a very comic book episode. Yes, it is very. Um, you know, if you've seen a certain Jason Momoa film recently, it is very much uh, in line with in line with that. Yeah, uh, yeah very very comic booky. The next episode. Um, you know, if you haven't already figured out what we're watching, let's just say we're going under the sea. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take a deep dive into the next episode. Oh, a deep dive. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you probably terrible. already know what it is by now, everyone who's listening. Anyone terrible, knew. terrible puns. All <laughs> right, everyone. Well, we, we hope you enjoyed the In Blackest Night commentary discussion. Uh, if you could do us a massive favor and spread the word of this little podcast, tell your friends and family, uh, share the, the page, um, Scott, do you want to shout out our social medias? Absolutely. So you can find us on all major po- podcast platforms very soon. You can certainly find us on Anchor, which is JusticeCast Unlimited. And you can check us out on Instagram of at JusticeCast Unlimited as well. You can check Lewis out of at the Bat Collector and myself, Scott, at the Dot Bat Fan. Expertly done. See you next time, everybody.